3: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life.
0: No purchase necessary. VGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is Bet Center on v the sports betting network.
4: Welcome into this v Bet Center on the final saturday of january i'm jeff Parles, out of burke alongside how are we already at the end of january how's that possible
5: i don't know i have no idea i can't believe there's only three nfl games well
4: four if we count the pro bowl
5: but three, three, NFL, three nfl games, NFL games like. left for the season <laughs> it, it's crazy you know it just feels like it was week one not that long ago and here we are down to the final four
4: it, it is it is both an eternity and fast as all heck at the same time the right. nfl season and before you before you blink your eyes, we're all the way at the championship games for the AFC and the NFC, and we're, we're going to start there. We have a lot to get through today. Huge day of college basketball, a, a very newsy afternoon in the NFL. Where I think some news came out probably a little bit prematurely, even though I think in the end that news will end up being the correct report. I think if you uh, you're on Twitter, you know what I'm talking about with uh, one Mr. Tom Brady. But we'll get to that. Later on in the program, but Adam will do it throughout the show. Conference championship weekend, a pair of games. Let's just start out as we got through last week, we were on the air during the Packers disaster against the 49ers. Ben Wilson, I uh,
5: still noted, a, noted Packer no, fan,
4: No pa, noted Packer fan still in tears. <laughs> Brian Ortega had about 8,000 bets on the game that all ended up uh, in the uh, garbage pail for our producer. Sorry, Brian, still shaking his head in despair, but, But Adam, I I just want to start with the AFC game and we'll work our way through because the Bengals being here, a team with one of the lowest win totals at the beginning of the year in the league, a team that was 25 to one to win the AFC North, forget the AFC, forget the Super Bowl, just 25 to one to win their own division. And here they are in year two with Joe Burrow coming off that horrible knee injury in November of last season against Washington. They are a seven or a a seven-and-a-half-point underdog in Kansas City, Adam. And for the Bengals, this feels just like the stepping-off point for this team going forward, where you're playing with house money. I'm not sure if I would bet Cincinnati here uh, with that thinking, but regardless of result, and I know this is not a betting take that I'm going to have, regardless of result, this this run should be able to catapult them forward in a way that I don't think any of us would have expected until maybe year four or five with Burrow, with just how far off they were when he got there and how far off they were after one year.
5: Yeah, you would certainly think so. And look, I mean, as you mentioned with Joe Burrow and a lot of the young skill position guys that they have on this team, they're going to have some availability in free agency to go out mm-hmm. there and fill the holes that they do have. I mean, obviously, you know, they're going to start looking at bigger contracts for Burrow down the line and some of their other guys like Jamar Chase, but that's something you can plan for now. That's something that you know will be on the horizon In the interim, you can fix any issues that you feel like you have. And look, also to the Bengals' credit, these teams in the AFC North, I I wouldn't say that they're good, but they're certainly not bad. You know, I mean, they survived a very challenging division. And I said as much when they got into the AFC playoffs, I said, look, to me, they're the highest variance team of the group. They could lose to the Raiders in that wildcard game. Wouldn't shock me. They could also beat anybody in the AFC. That wouldn't shock me either. Now they'll have the opportunity to prove it. You know, I think going forward here, we're obviously going to have to look at the Bengals in a different light.
4: Zach Taylor, a guy who as Gil Alexander said on this network of times looked bewildered in his first year as an NFL head coach in 2019. Now coaching in this game. And and look, uh, like, like I said, Adam, a, a win total of either five and a half or six for this team and as just astronomically low in the, in the ranks with the jets and the Jaguars going into this year win total wise, and they're in, AFC uh, championship game against the uh, sort of becoming the old guard. All of a sudden, after nearly a half a century of ineptitude for Kansas city, the first team in league history to host four consecutive AFC championship games is naturally the Kansas city chiefs in all four years where Patrick Mahomes has been the full-time starter. A- and Adam, this run for Kansas city has been very different than the previous three because they were under 500 in October. They looked like a bad team. This team lost to Tennessee 27-3, and that game wasn't even that close earlier in the year. Uh, And for this Chief team to be back in this position, winning all but one of their games after that Tennessee game in Week 7, that Week 8 game, the Giants had a chance to win the game on the final drive. The Packers almost beat them with Jordan Love. This, even though, again, it's not a surprise to see Kansas City there, this path was so wayward for them this year.
5: Yeah, it was, they certainly made life difficult for themselves with how things started out early on, and a lot made of Patrick Mahomes and the turnovers and, and all of that, maybe some of his interception luck from previous seasons kind of regressing to the mean. But it's kind of funny, too, right? Like Cincinnati got blown out by the Browns at home. You know, They lost to the Jets. They had some mm-hmm. losses. They got blown out by the Chargers at home as well. Both of these teams have had slip-ups throughout the year, but obviously Kansas City, a more proven team, as you mentioned, four straight AFC Championship games, But, you know, I think it just kind of speaks to the fact that the regular season is just you're not going to get the best effort from every team week in and week out. It's just not going to happen. There will be some of these scenarios going forward where teams do trip up. And we saw it with both of these teams. And here they still are, of course, in this final weekend for the AFC. So I think as we kind of think about that as we obviously, as you said, we're going to go over pretty much everything on these two games. But as you start thinking ahead to the future a little bit here, too, you know, It's one of the reasons why you don't really want to bet over on those really high season win totals. It's why you, you know, want to take a look at a team that has a young quarterback that could be kind of higher variance, look for them in the win total market. There's just so many different little storylines about these two teams, kind of the chapters of their full 2021 story. And, you know, look, I think it's kind of fascinating the path that both of these teams have taken to get here and also fascinating to see the fact that the Chiefs, with some of those performances that you mentioned, because they've played so well down the stretch here. They are a touchdown favorite in this game.
4: Kansas city, of course, uh, went under their win total by a half, 12 and a half astronomically high number Cincinnati, as we said, went over uh, the, uh, and you, you brought up a good point in there. And I think this is something when we do the autopsy of this NFL season in a few weeks after the, uh, after the big game, the now with the 17th game in the NFL regular season, you are going to see one-off, more one-off, weird results, like we saw this year. Of course, we, the telltale sign of that was what happened right behind us in Circa Survivor. Only right. five made it to the end with a pot that was four—that was four times what it was the previous year when uh, a little over 25 made it to the end last year. I think you're going to start seeing that the what we saw this year in Survivor pools is pretty indicative of what it's going to be moving forward because 17 games and you said it we're going to see more weeks where teams take games off and then all of a sudden i mean look the jets the, the, the jets beat tennessee and cincinnati this year kansas city was one of the few teams that didn't lose to a team that you could say oh that doesn't make any sense their five losses were all to two teams that missed the playoffs by a combined two games in baltimore and in, in the chargers should have won both of those games the Bills, who obviously played the Epic with them last week, and then Tennessee and Cincinnati, who were in the conference semifinals with them. So I think that's something to look forward to, Adam, though. for Again, never too early to look at 2022, but that's something to look at for the following season, just more weird one-off results like we saw this year with the addition of Game 17.
5: Yeah, absolutely. And look, I mean, realistically speaking, from a betting standpoint, there is no NFL offseason. You know, we'll have the draft coming up, and there'll be all the props for that. Season win totals will come out very soon. Next year's Super Bowl odds are already out. I don't know if anybody has conference odds out yet, but that'll be coming here soon. And, of course, you know, it seems like we've got a very big shakeup coming in the NFC with with the Tom Brady situation. (laughs) And, you know, who knows what Aaron Rodgers decides to do. Obviously, we're talking about two AFC teams here with the Chiefs and the Bengals. But you start thinking about the the macro picture, kind of the, the broader picture of everything in the NFL here, and you start thinking about, like you said, You've got a 17th game now. You know, what What does that mean for these teams? You still only have one bye week, but you've got 17 games. You know, so I'm not saying that we're going to see NFL teams, you know, rest guys like we see in the NBA or anything like that, but it's just very hard to ask your team to be at peak performance, you know, in all these games, especially the games that you're a big favorite where you feel like you can kind of sleepwalk through them. You know, we saw, think about the game with the Titans and the Texans, where the Titans were what, minus four, minus five in turnover margin? and wind up losing that game to Houston, yep. you know, th- those things are going to happen and probably happen with greater frequency, as you alluded to.
4: No, I look, that that, that from a betting perspective, that is by far the biggest takeaway from the 2021 season. That, and look, at some point, the NFL is going to go to 18. So it's only going to get more ridiculous with more one-off wacky results. And the Texans beat the number one, like you said, the Texans on the road, no less, beat the team that ended up getting the number one seed. Teams, The two teams picking in the top four beat the number one seed in the AFC this year.
5: Right. I mean, you think about Jacksonville in week 18 against <laughs> the Colts, you know, I mean, and the Colts with everything to lose in that game and and they wind up losing it. You know, and also too, maybe I don't want to call this league wide parody because I don't think that that's it, but just sort of the coaching mindset and the coaching mentality. You know, you've got teams now that have kind of more dangerous profile, that kind of higher variance just simply by the play calling that they have by the decision-making on fourth down, things like that. You know, maybe we just have a higher variance environment
4: in the NFL as we go forward. That's also a good point because the chargers who of course are now the Kings of variance with their fourth debt, with more being more willing to go for it on fourth down than anyone really in the history of the league, the 2021 LA chargers. And look, uh, despite the fact that a lot of people uh, have torched Brandon Staley on this network and, and other places, that style is going to be more predominant in this league than people realize because once people understand the math in full, you're going to see more coaches doing what the Chargers did, maybe not to the extent of going forward on fourth and one in a, in a de facto playoff game at your own 17 yard line in the third quarter, but you're going to see decisions like fourth and two at your own 27. Like you're going to see that more often, Adam.
5: Right. Absolutely. And you think about the new group of quarterbacks. Most of them are mobile. Most of them can make a lot of the throws in the book. You know, the Tom Brady's and the Peyton Manning's that just stand in the pocket and sling it are kind of going away. That cre- that inherently creates a higher variance environment where you've got quarterbacks that can make plays with their legs and do some different things.
4: And they also mostly are in the AFC. Yes. Which is something, if you're a team in the, a, a fan of a team in the AFC and you don't have one of the big four, maybe a little bit of a rough future going forward. Especially if Pittsburgh gets their quarterback solution. Correct. When we get back, we're looking at the NFC side. How did the Niners and Rams get here? That's next on Veasan's Bet Center.
3: If you dare. That's chumbacasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
4: This is Beth Center on v the
0: sports betting network.
4: It's never too early to prepare for the big game, and we want you to make sure that v is a part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs and then on championship weekend, which is right now, and we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on vision.com leading into the 6th annual Live Big Game Betcast. Gil Alexander going to be hosting that here on the network. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join the VEASAN Betting Experts before, during and after all the action live for free at vision.com. It is VEASAN's Bet Center. I'm Jeff Parles, Adam Burke alongside uh Adam Burke in for Ben Wilson. Ben Wilson uh, currently in Pullman, Washington tonight. We'll have a uh, call of Colorado and Wazoo after the NFC Championship game is over. He was excited about his trip to Pullman, too. It's probably one of five people to ever be excited to make <laughs> that trip. Uh, but I uh, think very happy for uh, our guy, Ben Wilson, uh, getting getting the call on a, uh, on a on a Pac-12 game. Uh Adam, will keep it on the West Coast, though. Just a few... Uh, a little under 150 uh, miles from here. Uh, SoFi Stadium, Englewood, California. The Rams looking to become the first team ever to host a championship game and then play in the, in the Super Bowl the following game. They are hosting the 49ers. As you know, 49ers swept the season series from the Rams, including the big comeback in, weeks, in Week 18 to make the postseason. Rams three and a half point favorites, totals 45 and a half now. Actually bet down a little bit from earlier in the week. And, and Adam just the path that both of these teams have been on to get here. We'll get to the 49ers because there's their path is more ridiculous. The Rams, there was a point in the middle of the season and it really came after that three game losing streak where they drew Tennessee, the game after Derek Henry broke his foot and looked absolutely horrible on that Sunday night, losing that game Stafford through two, Basically, two, essentially two pick-sixes. One was returned to the one-yard line. One was returned back. Then getting blown out on the Monday night in in Santa Clara against the Niners. First game after Robert Woods tours ACL. First game with Odell Beckham, who was still getting acclimated. And then they lost to Green Bay in a game that ended as an eight-point loss. That was not an eight-point loss. That thing was final score, not indicative of what that game was. And then the big winning streak to end the regular season before Week 18, where – Other than the Jacksonville game, they weren't overly impressive in any of those games, except for probably the second half against Arizona. Matthew Stafford did his best to lose the game in Minnesota and Baltimore, but still found a way. And and Adam, just for this Rams team that had all these expectations going into the year, they make the bold move to trade for Matthew Stafford. They ended up even kind of like Kansas City, a path that was not not a straight line, but are exactly where a lot of people thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year.
5: Yeah, I mean, this is a team that just specifically from a talent standpoint, you know, they can overcome a, a lot of issues. The, the thing that really worries me about the Rams, and, and this is something I talked about throughout the season, and in fact, we send some content over to the L.A. Times, and I was writing the Rams previews throughout the year. It was really concerning that they couldn't beat a good team. You know, I mean, they really had issues when they stepped up in class, when they wound up playing good teams. As you mentioned, you know, that Packers game wasn't all that close. They lost both times to the 49ers. The Titans game, even with a watered down Titans team, they still had issues in that game. The first game against the Cardinals, you know, they didn't look good in that one either. But now here they are, you know, and and you just sort of look at it and you say, okay, when is the next step for this team? Like, is it going to be this weekend or are they going to just be a team that struggled when they stepped up in class, kind of squandered their talent to some degree? Frankly, the answer, I don't know. You know, it's crazy at this point in time. We're, what, 21 weeks into the NFL season? And I still look at the Rams and I go, I'm not exactly sure what this team is, despite all the data points that we have. It's just a situation to me where, you know, prove it that you can beat a good team. And because Arizona in that wild card game, Kyler Murray looked bad. Cliff Kingsbury's never won a big game. They just didn't look prepared. And then in the game last week, you know, they had that big lead. And then, of course, let Tampa Bay back into the game. Show me something. And and the problem is that, you know, we're running out of data points for them to show us something, but they are favored in this game. I think they deserve to be the favorite in this game, despite the fact that the 49ers did win both games this year, have won six in a row, and what, seven of ten with mm-hmm. Shanahan versus McVay. The Rams still deserve to be the favorite here. And, you know, hey, they, they have an opportunity to kind of slay some of those regular season demons of not really beating anybody of great consequence.
4: The Niners, of course, there on your screen, you see – the very wacky week 18 game where the Niners had to end up winning that game. The Saints handled their business in Atlanta. And boy, would the course of NFL history look very different if the Niners did not complete that 17 point comeback against the Rams in week 18, because uh, we would have been subjected to watching the Saints and the Eagles in the playoffs, which would not have been a fun, uh, fun go for anyone. Uh, Maybe the Dallas Cowboys would be in this game instead. You never know, but look at Adam. The path for the Niners, Jimmy Garoppolo, other than really the second half against the against the Rams, in this run, really hasn't played that well in this later one. Of course, he didn't play in Week 17 against the Texans. That was Trey Lance's start with that thumb injury. The Thursday night against Tennessee, where it looked like, oh, they're going to they're gonna wrap up a playoff berth on Thursday night. They're going to beat the Titans uh, on a short week. And Garoppolo totally lost his mind in that game with the multiple interceptions. Really, the only way they could have lost that game was the way that it it ended up working out. Second half against the Cowboys wasn't good. Whole game last week was not good at all against Green Bay. And yet, Adam, they're, they're going against conventional wisdom at this point and winning despite bad quarterback play, really, other than the two quarters against the Rams in week 18.
5: You know, what I think is gonna be really fascinating here is the run game is obviously phenomenal and, and Kyle Shanahan's done so well acclimating Debo Samuel into this offense, using him in so many different and very creative ways. But also for Kyle Shanahan, there are questions about him. And I know we're gonna talk about that a little bit later on in the show of, you know, who we trust more between Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay. And I think that those questions are, are very, very reasonable for both sides. The, the thing about this game is, does this fall on Garoppolo's shoulders at some point? Because the Week 18 game did, and look what he did. You know, So if it happens now, do we get that Garoppolo from the second half of that Rams game, or do we get the Garoppolo that we've seen the last two weeks, which has really not been very good? Obviously, last week playing in the cold, that was a problem for him. Grip is an issue with the thumb injury and all of that. But you know, how much of this falls on the shoulders of Garoppolo, and, and frankly, we could look at it from the other side too, how much of this falls on the shoulders of Matt Stafford and how much can you actually trust him with some of the awful interceptions, the good first half, bad second half, bad first half, good second half, the things that he's done throughout the year. I think there's just, I feel like the the AFC game is kind of a little bit more predictable in a lot of ways. I feel like this NFC game could go any number of ways and it wouldn't
4: shock me. I do. I I actually like both side and total in this game. We'll get that later in the show, but. Well, that's what, to be fair, sharp bettors and you are a sharp
5: better a high variance environment is something that they embrace something that they want to get involved in you know the, the more predictable the outcome the less opportunity you have from a betting standpoint so if you've isolated something in what i think could be a high variance game that gives you enough confidence to play both sides in total you know like i said sharp
4: bettors want that kind of high variance environment yeah they look the afc game and again we we talked about it earlier it's a little different in the playoffs than what we saw in the regular season. There, The path for Cincinnati to win, I really think is, is narrow. There is a path, but it's narrow for San Francisco. That path is pretty open here. There are, there are about seven or eight different ways that San Francisco can win this game. There's of course also eight or nine ways for the Rams to win this game. So I look, I, I'm with you high variance game. They're, they're, I think, Adam, I'm curious to see what you end, if you ended up playing anything in this game. We'll get it later, later on in the show. But this feels like, again, throwing the cliche out as always. It's people love to say it's hard to beat a team three times in one year. The numbers don't back that up, right? The numbers don't back that up. The only one, the one, the one difference that I will say is usually when you have a team playing the same team twice beating them in a regular season and getting them a third time in the playoffs. Usually it's a scenario where you get a a clear cut division winner being significantly better than the team. They grabbed the third time. This is not the case. This is very different than those usual scenarios.
5: Right. And I think something really intriguing about this game that we'll be able to talk about probably a little bit later on in the show is that both of these teams grade really well in a lot of metrics. You know, I mean, the 49ers are, a very, very good wild card team. And there were some people with that 49ers Cowboys game saying, look, this is an NFC championship level game, not a, a wild card weekend game. So you know, they I think that was a, a pretty interesting take because the 49ers, you know, DVOA, yards per play differential, all these different metrics are, are very, very strong on their side. They are a very, very good team, despite being that wild card label. And then the Rams, obviously, their numbers have looked great throughout most of the year, but also, they were very dominant against bad teams, and they had the issues against good teams. So you could poke holes in both of these teams, I think, but they really both do deserve to be here.
4: We will go fully into both of these games throughout the show. We have a lot. Of, we have another three and a half hours, so plenty of time to go through both of these games in full, every angle, props, coaching advantages, kicker advantages. And that was important last week, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, and we'll go through it all as we go through these shows. Uh today and of course uh, over the next few hours and leading up to game time tomorrow at 3 o'clock Eastern time here on the network here on v but what's coming up next we're going to look at college hoops it was a big day in college hoops we'll tell you what's already happened we'll tell you what's going on right now SEC Big 12 Challenge looks like Chris Beard's squad finally showed up we'll tell you about it next here on v Bet Center
0: This is Bet Center on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VCN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free Sports Betting Podcast. Catch the replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to VEASAN.com slash podcasts and get the Beating the Book podcast with Gil Alexander. Market Insights with Josh Applebaum, plus Hardwood Handicappers with JVT, the Lombardi line. Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, The Numbers Game, Coast to Coast Hoops with Greg Peterson and many more. They're all free and available now at VEASAN.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, don't forget the wide world of Wine Garden as well. We have a lot of stuff going on. We have a lot. We have a lot of good stuff. You got to check out at vcin.com slash podcast. He's Adam Burke. I'm Jeff Parles. Happy to be with you here on the final Saturday of January conference championship weekend in the NFL. Again, it's taken a little, a little, a little bit to get used to for me because usually this is pro bowl week, but the extra game extra week, everything gets pushed back a little bit. So I get a second week of uh, February for the uh, Super Bowl in L.A. But uh, we'll get back to the NFL quick, a uh, little detour to, to uh, some college hoops here because it's one of those big conference Saturdays, Adam, where you have a zillion games on the card to choose from. And, uh, Adam, I, I I went through it. I ended up on 27 separate bets today. was a winning day, so that's a good thing. That's good. That's a good <laughs>
5: thing. I, I think back to what Ben Wilson told me to say to you while, while we were sitting here
4: and, and the word that he used to describe you. And um, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, get no, it. look, I, I, I still, <laughs> I still had uh, about one tenth of what Peterson has going, but that's it. Well, that's true. That's a different, uh, different argument for a different day. A quick update on the biggest game left on the board, which is Rick Barnes's return to to Austin, Texas, Texas Longhorns, Tennessee Volunteers. Horns closed four point favorites in this game, Adam, and Texas have really been struggling recently, even though they're fifteen they, five. Really, they've been winning ugly. They lost a few games. They really had no business losing as well mixed in there. They finally bounced back earlier in the week. They destroyed TCU in Fort Worth earlier in the week. But uh, so far, uh, a struggle early, down as many as eight in the first half. But the Longhorns are now up by 10. An 8-0 run to begin the second half. A 14-0 run dating back to the end of the first half for the the Horns. 35-25, Texas in the lead right now, Adam.
5: Yeah, Rick Barnes is a guy that uh, I just generally don't really trust, especially in big games, and this would be a big game, you know, going back to Austin, a place where he was such a longtime coach, but Tennessee here in this game, a lot of self-inflicted wounds, they're five of 11 at the free throw line, they're only two for eight from three, they're nine of 27 shooting overall, just not a good offensive performance, not necessarily surprising when you face a Chris Beard team that, you know, typically his teams are known for defense, but Look, we were talking about this off-air during the break of looking at the box score and kind of Mm -hmm. looking at things and deciding whether or not they're going to continue. You know, does Tennessee keep shooting under 50% from the free throw line? Probably not. Do they keep shooting 25% from three? Probably not. So maybe this is a spot where you look to, you know, see if Tennessee gets a little bit better as this game goes along. I don't know if they're necessarily going to win it, but, you know, they probably won't lose this game by double
4: digits. Right now, Tennessee is a a 10-point line. Actually, just disappeared from my screen at DraftKings. But before it disappeared, Tennessee was a 10-point underdog. uh, Actually, a 10-point underdog, even money, if you want to take the Vols uh, getting 10 right now against Texas. Only other ranked team in action in the second half right now, I should say, is Houston. Houston closed a six-point favorite in Orlando against Central Florida. Cougs lead 47-39 with 10 minutes to go in the second half. Cougars eight and a half point live favorites total 123 and a half. Houston for the second consecutive year just kind of flying under the radar after a final four appearance a year ago.
5: Yeah, and I guess maybe this has to do with the conference that they're in being in the AAC. And the fact that the AAC, you know, the other big story is how, you know, Memphis is squandering a lot of talent. Yeah, it's Really, I'd say really, so. really <laughs> other than that, there's no other team in the AAC is being talked about all that much. So, you know, Houston, people are just going to kind of bypass it, overlook it, and say, yeah, well, they're not really playing anybody, but yeah, that's why we have the adjusted metrics and, and all the different things that are out there for college basketball. They account for that. So the idea that Houston is so highly ranked, so highly rated, you know, it's not just because they're beating a bunch of nobodies. It's the manner in which they're taking care of their business.
4: Houston, of course, 17 and two to seventh in the country in in the, the AP poll, which really is meaningless for us here at the desk as we know. But uh, like you said, a conference where SMU is the only SMU and Cincinnati are the only other ones that, would even be remotely in the NCAA tournament mix, and they're really not right. So a down year for that conference. Gonzaga, number two in the country. They, uh, were, uh, they were only 32-point favorites tonight against the Portland Pilots going Holy. in. And uh, right now, Adam, uh, six and a half to go. First half, Gonzaga's up 17 at 34-17, and now they're 37-and-a-half-point live favorites.
5: Yeah, you asked me before the show if I would take Portland <laughs> plus the 32, and uh, no. I, I, You know, that's... The the one thing about Gonzaga, too, is that I don't know if it's just to stay sharp or if they're just that much better than everybody else in that conference. But, you know, it's one of those things. Everyone always talks about, you know, teams running up the score and this and that. I just think they can't really help themselves because they're just too much better than everybody else that they're actually able to. You look at a 32-point spread and you think, I still can't take the underdog. And that's kind of a remarkable thing to say.
4: (laughs) It's... Look, they, they've been doing this for years in the WCC against the bad teams in that conference. That conference is the best it's been probably in, honestly, probably its, its whole existence Yeah. at this point. San Francisco let a game get away against St. Mary's earlier this week. They at least bounce back, beat Santa Clara. BYU is a legitimate conference uh, tournament team, and so is St. Mary's. They may be looking at four bids out there in the WCC. Big results from today. Uh, we'll start in Lawrence, the Kansas Jayhawks. It's very rare that we could see Kansas got run off of the Fog Allen Fieldhouse floor. They were run off the court today at the Fog. Kentucky goes in as a five-point closing underdog. And really, from the start, just dominates the game. They were up 20 at halftime. Kentucky ends up winning by 18, 80-62. to And Adam, last Saturday, Kentucky lost to Auburn in Auburn. That game flipped when Ty Ty Washington got hurt and did not return. Ty Ty Washington played today. He was able to play 32 minutes. The stat line was not particularly great for Ty-Ty. Only at two points, three rebounds, five assists. It was the Keon Brooks' show at 27, a career high for him. But just having Ty-Ty Washington out there to control the tempo of the game, to shut down the other team's primary ball handler, Kentucky, when they're healthy, Adam, to me it is Auburn, it is Arizona, even though they've had a lackluster week, it is Gonzaga. And then after that, Kentucky's number four for me right now in the country. Yeah, and look, I mean, this is
5: one of those spots to me where, you know, you've got these really good teams that can pull out these types of performances and look as good as they did. The question for me, typically not looking in the present, looking in the future, right? So how is this game reacted to when they get back into conference play? Mm -hmm. You know, is this a situation where maybe Kansas just isn't that great? Maybe does this say more about the SEC versus the Big 12? You you get this random one-off non-conference game in you know the late January, and then all of a sudden you go right back in to playing the teams that you're accustomed to playing at this time of the year. That's kind of what I want to know. Is sort of how is Kansas viewed after this? How is Kentucky viewed after this? And was this game you know kind of a a microcosm of the difference between the two conferences?
4: So Kentucky's next game, Adam, they play on Wednesday. They're at home and up against Vanderbilt. They're going to be a huge favorite in that game. That is one of those where you're probably looking to bet the Commodores regardless of what you think of Jerry Stackhouse's team.
5: Yeah, I would say so. And and, and again, that's something, you know, and uh, Brian Blessing, my good friend, and, and rest in peace, certainly mm-hmm. miss him quite a bit. One of the things that he always talked about, he was a big horse handicapper. And he was like, you know, I don't want to bet on a horse after he sets a personal best time. You know, and I think you look at a team like Kentucky and you look at how well they played today. They were up by as many as 24 in this game. They were up by 20 at halftime. Was that the peak for Kentucky? And then you start thinking about that in terms of their upcoming games and whether or not you feel like they're going to be able to in some way replicate that type of performance. So that's always what I look to do with these big games, you know, is, is kind of look at it from more of a future standpoint not necessarily from the futures market, although I'm sure we could talk about that if we have time at some point here, mm-hmm. but just Kentucky in general, you know, was that just the peak? Did they just have that one game where they put it all together? Now, what do they do moving forward and how much is that price inflated?
4: Kentucky right now at draft Kings, there are six teams in front of them in the futures market. Gonzaga is still your favorite at six to one Baylor who lost by the way today at Alabama, uh, No LJ Cryer in that game. He was hurt. So that's something to take into account when looking at that moving forward. Duke's at 10 to 1. Purdue's at 10 to 1. Auburn is at 12 to 1. Kansas, after the loss you saw before, before tip, they were 10 to 1. They're now 14 to 1. They've bounced backwards. Kentucky's moved from 18 to 1 to 15 to 1. So they vaulted Arizona. Look, if you have a 20 to 1, 25 to 1 in Kentucky, which were readily available about two weeks ago, I think you got a pretty good ticket with the way this is going to work out. But of course, Adam, as we know, when betting college basketball futures, you could end up getting screwed by the committee where you end up with multiple tickets in the same region. And it doesn't matter how good all those tickets are. You're only going to end up with one of them in the final four. And you still got to get through two games after that.
5: Yeah, for sure. It's something that's very important. You look at market entry for the NCAA tournament and you
4: have to really pick your spots carefully. Absolutely. Coming up next, we're going to go back to the NFL. We're going to start our true Previews of these conference championship games coming your way tomorrow. That's next. VEASAN's Bet Center here at Circa.
6: So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.
4: This is Beth Center on
0: vSEN, the sports betting network.
4: Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check out the current betting splits data. This is a new feature that gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving on every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting and based on the number of tickets out there and where the money doesn't match up with public opinion. Data is available for Moneyline, Total, and Spread Bets. Betting splits, another way here at VEASAN that we try to help you make yourself a smarter, better year-round, so check it out today. VEASAN.com. Check out those betting splits before you make your next bet. I'm Jeff Parles. He's Adam Burke. It is VEASAN's Bet Center. Happy to be with you. The final Saturday of January, which is now going to be what leads in the Conference Championship Sunday from now on, thanks to the 18th week of the National Football League schedule and Adam let's let just let's just start off let's look at these games uh as we go through it we'll, we'll first start off just with the traditional the traditional future market traditional futures market Super Bowl championship your futures four teams left of course and Adam the Kansas City Chiefs I know shocking development here are your favorite I'm a little bit surprised that they're actually not shorter than plus 125 at this point but when we get into the look ahead lines later in the show, the look ahead lines also were a little bit shorter than I would have expected on the Chief game. So that's probably the reason why you're now seeing plus one twenty actually at DraftKings. Rams two to one, Niners plus four fifty, Bengals eight to one. Adam, I'm in the boat boat that once you start the playoffs, that there's almost no value to be had in betting these. I don't think you can bet any of these right now, especially with what the look ahead numbers look like on Kansas City.
5: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, look, the only thing that you can really do from a futures standpoint in the NFL playoffs is the money line rollover Correct. concept. Where, you know, and, and in fact I talked about this, I think, two weeks ago, uh, right before the playoffs started on Betting Across America with my Wednesday segment with with Pritch and Josh Applebaum, where you know, we were talking about the futures prices that were out there, and the 49ers price was way short compared to just rolling over their money line through all of these games here. That's really about the only way you can look at it, I think. The futures market doesn't really hold a ton of equity. The, inter- you know, the ironic thing actually is the longer shots, you're better off playing the money line rollover, where you start betting the money line in the first game, take your bet amount plus your winnings, bet that again in the second game, and then all the way through. Interestingly, it feels like the futures value in the playoffs or in this different type of format is on the favorites, You know, the, the shorter prices that are out there because you look, they're going to be favored in every game. Typically as long as they advance and obviously this year is a little bit different with the Rams. If they win this weekend, they would be at home for the super bowl, but they could be at a home field disadvantage again this week against the 49ers and it'll be a Hollywood who's who crowd probably for the super bowl that may not have much allegiance to the Rams. So that's something that, that kind of throws an extra wrinkle in this is, you know, maybe their lines do show some sort of home field advantage but it's probably not even warranted.
4: There wasn't really any home field advantage taken into account last year with Tampa. Granted, very different circumstance, a 50% capacity at Raymond James, but the home field advantage for the Rams, especially if it's Kansas City, where you know the Chief fans will travel to L.A., Mm If anything, it should be work against the Rams. Uh, I would make it zero. Completely just make it zero on a home field. A little bit different with Cincinnati. I guess you would say the Bengal fans would travel because they haven't been there since the 80s. So it's a little bit different, but it's not the same sort of fan base that Kansas City is at this point.
5: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, it's it's an easier flight from Kansas City out to L.A. I think that's something that people kind yeah, of take but into about,
4: account. About an hour difference. Yeah. yeah,
5: it's a little bit easier. And and also, too, I mean, you know, I, I will say this. Leaving Ohio in, in in February is not really the worst idea in the world. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely better out there uh, in L.A. And, and look, I mean, you know, Cincinnati fan base, too. Um, you know, we kind of talked about this in, in the opening segment where we talked about how low their expectations were, what their season win total was, and all of that. I mean, I saw this firsthand with the Browns, where all of a sudden they had a pretty good season with Kevin Stefanski. Baker Mayfield played really well last year. Like everyone was always a Browns fan; it was always a Browns town. But like the open public support of that team just completely ramped up, and I feel like it's happening now with Cincinnati too, where they you know won a playoff game for the first time in three decades, and they've got Burrow, and you know Burrow just his his demeanor is something I think the city really r- sort of. Revolves around. I think at this point in Mm -hmm. time, they would. I think they would travel a lot better than people realize.
4: I like. I like how you started it all off. It's not a bad idea to get out of Ohio in February, which you're not wrong. No, I'm not wrong. You're not wrong. Not (laughs) not not, wrong at all. Not wrong. And it's going to be like what? What? 12 degrees probably in uh, Cincinnati tomorrow. Probably about that. About that. Yeah. By the way, uh, Kansas City weather for tomorrow, real quick. Just double checking that my notes haven't changed. On that. It's actually going to be pretty darn nice. Yeah. For late January in Kansas City. Gonna be 43 degrees with a limited wind and no precipitation. That's all things considered, that's pretty darn good for the weather there for Kansas City and Cincinnati. And and we'll start there for this one. Of course, the Chiefs Adam, it's uh we're toggling right now, depending on the book. You either have seven minus one twenty on Kansas City. Uh, that's minus one twenty. Of course, you're laying a dollar, dollar twenty to win a dollar on that for the Chiefs. Bengals seven, even money at DraftKings. Some books have seven and a half right now. And and Adam, when this line came out at the seven, I thought the number was exactly right and made it very hard to find an edge on the side. I will say this: I thought if since if Buffalo had held on for those last thirteen seconds. It would have absolutely been a bet on Buffalo at probably the same line. They probably would have been seven like Kansas City opened against the Bengals. I thought the Bengals had absolutely no chance of going to Buffalo and winning. It's just a horrible matchup for the Bengals. I don't think this is a good matchup. I know they beat them in week week 17. Totally different circumstances having to go on the road in an AFC championship game. To beat a team that, of course, has only lost once in the Mahomes era in the playoffs, and that was an overtime game. Yeah, you know, look, I
5: I give Cincinnati a lot of credit, and as we talked about earlier on in the show, I think they're the I thought they were the highest variance team of the AFC playoff teams because that offense is so dynamic. Because Zach Taylor kind of had an epiphany midway through the season, and they got more aggressive downfield. They started doing a lot of things in the passing game that were different from what we had previously seen. And, look, frankly, it could have just been Joe Burrow getting comfortable, you know, mm-hmm. coming back from the ACL, getting more games under his belt in this offense, in this scheme, having Jamar Chase, a guy that obviously he's he's very, very familiar with from their days at LSU. Something happened for Cincinnati midseason, and it's something that I think makes them very dangerous still in this game. And for the Chiefs, you know, look, their defense, I think, what, they were best in points allowed from week six through that game or up until that game against Buffalo, where obviously they gave up a lot of points in that one. This Kansas City defense has kind of been the catalyst the last few years for them, where they've kind of had a defensive turnaround in the second half of the season, pairing that with Mahomes and this dynamic offense, that's really pushed them to four straight AFC championship games. I wonder where the defense is kind of at for this one, though, because you have this Bengals offense that's, quite frankly, predicated on yards after the catch. It's a very similar thing to what Kansas City's offense is predicated on. The difference is, Mahomes actually gets protection, and Joe Burrow really doesn't. So is that the thing that decides this game? I think it's a possibility. But with the way that the Bengals can score, and also I think their defense is a little bit underrated, I like them at the 7.5 if you can find one. 7 is a little bit different of a number, but at 7, even money, I still don't think that's that bad. I think Cincinnati can be competitive in this game.
4: The, the biggest thing in there, Adam, uh, the, more than anything, is the Burrow point is something that I think a lot of us missed throughout the year. Because when you come off, especially, like, if this whole knee went last year. And Cincinnati didn't do a lot to make that offensive line better. Of course, it was the, the the thought was, oh, they're going to take Penny with that fifth pick. They, of course, took Jamar Chase. I think they made the right move with that one, Adam. And Burrow, at, at this point, now look, We talked about it earlier. There's this core four moving forward in the AFC. We saw two of them play last week in KC and Mahomes and Allen. Burrows, number three, and the fourth one somehow managed to miss the playoffs in Justin Herbert. But regardless of what happens in this game, and, and look, there are... I wouldn't be shocked if Cincinnati covers this game. I would be surprised if they win. But them covering this game is definitely in play. We saw in week 17... Jamar Chase won the offensive rookie of the year in that game. Mac Jones was the correct favorite going into that week. And then it flipped because of that epic performance by Chase going over 250 yards receiving in that game. Kansas city got dinged up in that Buffalo game. Remember honey badger left with a concussion. So even if he gets fully cleared, who knows how effective he's going to be. There is a path for Cincinnati here. We're going to continue to break it down all the way through Adam, but, when you have an elite passing game and an elite passing game already did wonders against this Kansas City defense, now I don't expect Kansas City to commit 12 penalties like they did in Cincinnati earlier in the year, but the path is there. The path is there definitely to cover. The path is narrow to win the game, but it is, it is there not an impossibility like it was for Pittsburgh two weeks ago against Kansas City. We'll continue our look at the AFC Championship game as we roll along here on Vison's Bet Center, one hour down, three to go.
6: Zumo Play.